Hello ladies and gentlemen, I'm Judith Fallon-Reed and welcome to Shelf Life TV, where I have great conversations with Caribbean authors about their lives and books. If you have yet subscribed to this podcast, please do so. You'll always know when new episodes are available. The video of this episode is available also on my YouTube channel. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel and check out my website at jfallonreed.com. Also, check out my other podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Now it's time to share what's on my shelf. Welcome to Shelf Life. This week, my guest is Anjali Parnell, who has written the biography of Empress Menin Asfar. She was Selassie's wife, the emperor himself, and she was the empress. And it's a very interesting book. Anjali, welcome to Shelf Life. Thank you. I'm so excited to have you on with us. And before we get into the book, though, I want to hear a bit more about you. Okay. Tell me about you. What's your background? How did you get into this writing this book? Well, I was interested in Ethiopia from a long time ago because it was the only country in Africa that was never colonized. And I lived in South Africa for many years, which everybody knows was colonized for a long time. So I just thought it was such a powerful African country to never be overrun by Mm -hmm. the people coming in to take whatever they could from Africa. So that was number one. And then through my king man, you know, I learned more and more about the Rastafari faith. And then I started to look at the information about Empress Min, and, and there really isn't much. There was a biography that was written on her 57th birthday by the same man, um, Gabriel Michael, and Yared Michael, Gabriel Yared Michael, and that's on the internet. But there really wasn't much else. Much so I was fascinated. And then I had the chance to go to Ethiopia and um, back to South Africa. So we took a trip. And I set the intention before I left, ask for guidance from God right. to, to bring some information about her that I could share with the world, world. if that was you know meant to be. But what's your background? My background, okay, I'm an Alaskan. I was born oh, in Alaska really? <laughs> and you know in the early days and that's where I'm from. Dog and then, sledding and all? Not much of that, but <laughs> sledding, sledding, yeah, sledding. And then I moved to California. I went to, to college in Oregon, then I moved to California. And then from there, I transferred to South Africa. I lived there for many years, and then I moved back to Hawaii to be with oh, my folks okay. in their And, and you're a writer, days. your background is in writing or journalism? <laughs> I have done a lot of travel writing just because I love to travel and it's a way to fund my trips. But really, I was a computer analyst. I kind of dropped out of that. I've done many different things. I know that feeling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can say the same thing. Okay. Yeah. Things. Find a dream and chase it. Right. Yes. Find what your passion is. Yes, and just chase it. And and then when I when I started this in uh, this journey, it just became more and more interesting, and it's it's so fascinating. This family, this um, the family of the. Where were some of the places you went to when you went to Africa? Well, we went to South Africa. We went back to visit my friends, and then we we flew up to Ethiopia from there. And the places in Ethiopia. I think you went to the birthplace. Yeah, that was an interesting story because we were supposed to fly from Addis to Lalibela for Timcat. Right. Um, and then, you know, the flights were booked and we, we had didn't. It was a really arduous oh my drive. God. And by then I was already sick from the high altitude. I wasn't handling the high altitude very well. I had a cold, I was coughing a lot. And then when I saw this area, 
I kind of perked up and I asked, where is this place? What is this place? And they said, this is Ambassel. And then our guide said, this is where Empress Benin was born. Okay, it was in the distance. It's an Amba, which... You know, it's like a hilltop, a right. flat hilltop, right. where she was from and where her her family, her, was, her family was from. She was born into nobo nobility, so um, that so whole... She, oh, she was born into nobility, okay. Yes, from several different sides. Okay. Her mother was the daughter of King Michael, and then her father was the, I'm not quite sure you say, but the Gentar, which was the leader of this area where okay. she was from. So I guess it made sense that she ended up marrying somebody oh. who would be the emperor. Sure. It did, it did, because normally families would be forming alliances and stuff like that when, right. they, when they get married. Right. All right, so you went to Africa, you went to Ethiopia. What was the reception like from the people that you had to interview? Did you get to meet with her descendants and talk with any of them? I did not. At that time, I think there's only a few that live okay. in Ethiopia or have recently moved back. At that point, I didn't really know who her descendants were. You know, that you hardly hear anything about the children right. or the grandchildren. And I've added all that to the book to make it more, you know, to, to, to give it some it more meaning. Right. Yeah. And where did that research come from that you got to? To add to the book. Well, it's from reading books. Mm -hmm. um, from uh, The book, I was um, given a book. I met this man named Abby Cheney, young university student. And he had uh, asked on my behalf one of the old clerics and teachers from the Theology okay. College. And that man had kept a lot of books safe from okay, the dirt so he years. had a lot of the information right he had this old book all right we're gonna hang on one moment because we're gonna take a quick break right here on shelf life right here at bookophilia we're having a discussion about the biography of empress menin asfar and we'll be right back welcome back to shelf life we're speaking with Anjali Parnell, and she's the author of the biography of Empress Menin Asfa, who was the wife for 50 years of Emperor Haile Selassie. And we're having a great time here. I'm learning so much. I learned so much about her devotion mm -hmm. to her Christianity and the role of the Ethiopian Orthodox Church, which I think is something that I, I didn't really expect. Mm -hmm. um, I'm so used to the idea, and maybe it's just because I'm ignorant of it, but that empresses and queens really don't do much. But it seems that she did a lot. She did a lot. You know, um, the book itself is about her life. So it really tells you about some of the stuff that she did. But before I get to that, this book is a translation. Right. From another language. Right. It's from the ecclesiastic, the religious language gaze. It's an old, old language. They still write... You know, they had the Bible in that, right. and they, they use it in, in all the religious services. And it's so. still used today? Yes, to some extent. You know, mostly they use Amharic, but I think some of the old, uh, some of the readings are still in gaze. And so it was translated to Amharic, and then it was translated from Amharic to English. So that was a big project right there. Tell me about that translation and how that went for you. I mean, 
the person that you were working with. Yeah, he was in Ethiopia. He's the one that brought the book forward and he coordinated the whole thing. He translated it from Ghez to Amharic and then he had a team of guys who translated it to English. So he took, he was in charge of that. Mm -hmm. And was it, it was pretty rough when I got it, <laughs> you know, because it's very difficult to translate um, that language into English. I can imagine. It's, um, a, it's a very different structure, the two languages. And we didn't lose much in the translation. Oh, no, no I wouldn't say so. Good, good, good. Just some of the words were a little bit old, but, you know, there's a lot of references to God. And so I left most of those in. And she seemed to have had quite a devotion to Mary. Mary seems to be really big in the Ethiopian Orthodox Church. Of all the Eastern Christian religion, which the Ethiopian Orthodox Church falls under, all right. the Orthodox churches, th theirs brings... Mary through the most. Okay. And that's what I loved because it's the feminine aspect of Christianity. You wonder where it is sometimes. Mm -hmm. And there's a, you say um, Maryam to an Ethiopian woman who's a Christian and the eyes just go soft. They just love this woman because she's all about kindness. Mm -hmm. And really Empress Menon was all about kindness and doing good works. And they have a, a two week celebration of Mary that um, first you fast for some days and right. then you have this two week celebration where you, there's um, services at night, they read from the book of miracles of Mary and it's explained a little bit and quite a bit of the other stories about Mary. I mean, there's a lot of myth around Mother Mary as well, but there's uh, a lot of stories. You said they read from the miracles of Mary. Mm -hmm. um, tell me about that book real quickly. Well, I've never heard of that book. Okay, um, it's, I think it's brought through in the Catholic Church a little bit okay. too, but it's, a, you know, the Bible that, that we know of, it's, it's taken from many different books and right. then they just pull it all together. Okay. And so this is the book of the miracles of Mary. There's, there's a long section and a short section. And I think there's a thousand miracles of Mary in the first, the longer section. And Mary did a lot of miracles. And when she passed over, a lot of people were healed. That's interesting. I, yeah. I, I should look that up. I should look that up. I want to touch on a quick part of the book that was very interesting for me. Okay. Well, it was, it's, it's all interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of detail. But, yeah. <laughs> Empress Menin appeals to the women of the world. And this was such an interesting speech because this was right before the war. Right. Right before the Italian, the Italian invasion. invasion. Right. And they were building up their troops on the border. They knew these people were, you know, they were bringing in supplies. Mm -hmm. They knew these people were imminently coming through. They, they couldn't stop them. These were her words. At this very moment, when a disastrous war is intended and planned against us, I would like to make clear that all women across the world should make their voices heard and express their opinions. Even though we live in different countries and different climates, all women are related in their stand for the peace of the world. And that, that's so true. I didn't realize what a powerful woman she was. And this book not only brings out, as you say, her charitable side and her kindness, but her absolute power that she had. You know, I always would have thought that the emperor had all the power and she was a quiet, mousy one. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> You know, he wrote that she was his greatest uh, advisor. So okay. they, I'm sure they talked about everything. 
and they he, they started a newspaper together that they edited together and she was with him by his side whenever he made all these journeys to open up schools to open up the bridge yeah she seemed to have been involved in opening up schools and all kinds of facilities right child care centers child care centers she was an active empress not one of the pretty ones who just sat by the wayside and had people fanning her with palm leaves. Exactly. Ladies and gentlemen, this is this is good and it's gonna get better. Don't go anywhere, you're watching Shelf Life. You're recorded here at Bookophilia. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Shelf Life. Let's get back to the book. All right. Because the book is really, really great. It's the biography of Empress Menin Asfar. I wanna talk about the marriage, which is I'm sure what everybody's interested in. And I learned about the marriage, not just mm -hmm. the fact that they were married, which is pretty much all I ever knew before, mm -hmm. but the actual marriage to mm -hmm. Hale Selassie. Now, she was married three times before she married him. Right. And that was more of a cultural thing. Right. It's very typical of, of women to be married at an early age mm -hmm. or be betrothed, you know, especially if she was um, from a noble family. They had family um, alliances, like mm -hmm. you mentioned already. And so if she wouldn't have been married early, it would have been very unusual. It would have been almost at these times. Right. She was married to a man and then she divorced that man. Mm -hmm. The second man passed away. And then the third, I think that was just dissolved because right. once she met Haile Selassie, they they really hit it off. She met him at her uncle's house. That I see. I saw when yeah. the uncle thought, you know, it was obviously love at first sight. You know, they were both from a coffee background. He was from a, a coffee producing area and then her family had coffee producing land. So they had that in common. Mm -hmm. She just arrived in Addis Ababa, the big city. But she, you know, she had a background where she was educated, which was also very unusual for, for girls. A, for, for a girl. At yeah, that time. at that time. So her parents, especially her mother, I think, was really a forward-thinking mother, mm -hmm. which made her really a woman by the time she reached 20 when they got married, ahead of her time. You know, mm -hmm. she was open, she was friendly, and I think he must have liked it. And at the same time, for his political career, it, it states it in sense. his biography that he was on the search for a, for a nice wife. Okay, so she was 20. He, was, he 19. was 19 when they got married and they stayed married for 50, 50 years. 50 years, yeah. That's a long time. Until she time. passed away. Yeah, that was a yeah. long time. They first lived in Harar, which is, was his birthplace. So that was a, a new place for her. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it took her 45 days to get there. And I was then just going to ask in terms of distance, how far was that? Well, it's... It's a good day's drive, Okay. a half a day's drive. We drove it in a car. But in those days, she would have ridden on a, on a horse, probably, right. all the way there. He sent his best friends and, um, you know, to bring her from Addis Ababa to Harar. They got married just on the outskirts. And then they moved into, um, you know, the, the governor's palace mm -hmm. and lived there. She had her first uh, two children there. Mm -hmm. And um, that was a, um, quite a story when her son was born. This um, Yasu, who was her uncle who introduced the two of right. them, he was put on the throne and he decided to take the area of Harar, although they'd had agreement not to do that. And he asked her to leave the palace 
she was pregnant, eight months pregnant, so she begged to stay until she had the baby. Mm -hmm. He allowed her to stay. And then I think a few days, maybe a month, two months after, about two months, because the baby was christened right. there, she she had to take this journey to Addis Ababa by, once again, horses by horse. mm -hmm. and by train. They caught the train part of the way. And then she lived in Addis Ababa from, from then on. Okay. And soon after that, um, she became a princess when he was crowned the, the crown prince, crown prince right. and made a Ross. And so, they, you know, she was used to living like that, but she, I think she was a very active mother. What, what I found interesting to read in the book is, although she became the empress, you mm -hmm. know, I, I'm not so sure I could be, you know, so humble if I was an empress, but <laughs> she just really seemed to maintain her humility Yes. You know, she was one with the people. Yes. She was everywhere, you know, in the hospitals, in the schools. And she didn't seem to, even though she was elevated by virtue of being an empress, she didn't seem to elevate herself above her people, which I found very, very interesting. And through all the years of her marriage to Selassie, they clearly remained one union. One oh, yes. unit. Oh, yes. That, that comes across so clear mm -hmm. in this book. What about their years in exile? Well, once the Italians did come in and take over, they dashed out of the country. It was mm -hmm. decided that they would leave so that, you know, potentially he wasn't, right. the family wasn't harmed. So they left and went to Jerusalem. And she was comfortable in Jerusalem. It wasn't, it was a warmer, warm climate and there was the Ethiopian right. churches there so she could speak her language. And all the time that she was there, she was just praying. Oh yeah. She was, oh, she yeah. kept praying to return to her country it, for her people. Right, in the church of Bethlehem, which is where, you know, it's a church that was built in the place that Jesus is believed to be born. Right. She prayed and prayed and prayed. That, that's awesome. Yeah. This was a powerful, powerful woman of God. You know, we, we never, I, I don't know about you, but I've never thought of the Ethiopian empress as being a powerful woman of God, but clearly she was. Ladies and gentlemen, you're watching Shelf Life. We're talking with Anjali Parnell about the biography of Empress Menin Asphalt. Don't go anywhere. We've got a lot more for you. Really exciting segment coming up. Welcome back to Shelf Life. We're speaking with Anjali Parnell about the biography of Empress Menin Asphalt. You were talking to me before we started about her crown. Right. That's what I found fascinating because if you look at the image on the book, which are the coronation photographs, you'll see two opposing lions on her crown. Mm -hmm. And then if you look at, at other photographs in the book, there's um, a picture of her crown itself. And on the front, right in the back, there's a color photograph. Uh, there's a few color photographs in the back. There's a picture of um, Mother Mary and Jesus. And then Michael and Gabriel are, are on either side mm -hmm. of that. And so that, that was two crowns. And then when she was in exile and praying in this church in Bethlehem, she promised to give her crown to this church. Okay. So she did. Later on, she had it sent back to so Jerusalem. Is it, and it's still there? It, I'm sure it's still there. I haven't been able to uh, verify okay. what it looks like. So there's these two crowns because what was, Haile uh, Selassie made an, a, a, a second crown for future empresses. Right. And that was what was put on her casket when she 
you know, during her funeral, right. And that's the one in the picture. And that's the crown that stands next to his crown at the palace at the, mo at the moment. At the moment. So... Um, I find the pictures very interesting. Yeah. I mean, some of them are black and white, and you can tell that they're older pictures. Yeah. But I find them so very interesting. Prince Empress Menin in viewing metal handcrafts, visiting the art school, celebrating the 25th Silver Coronation Jubilee. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of very interesting pictures in here. And then we have all these medals and, of course, the crown, the beautiful right. crown and this gorgeous picture of her, such a stately, beautiful woman. And there's even a picture of her her house. You can barely see it, but it's there. And her church, her early church her early in Ambassel. So if there was one thing you wanted people to take from this book, you know, the when you were writing it, the one thing that you really wanted people to know why you wrote this book, what would happen? She was such a visionary. She was a woman ahead of her time. She was raised in a way that brought her into to modern life because at that time Ethiopia was was fairly isolated mm -hmm. with its mountainous terrain and it was just, you know, Africa already was the back of the beyond. Right. And just that, you know, she had a modern outlook and she was so accomplished. You know, she was well-educated. She was quite a businesswoman. And she must have educated herself some too. Oh, she must yeah. have. She must have. She. I think she learned English. Uh, she very rarely spoke English in public, but she did have a pretty good command of the language. And um, her humanitarian efforts were all sustainable. She had uh, given so many of the schools and the childcare centers stocks and revenue from companies, or she gave them land that she had inherited to, to um, support the churches that mm -hmm. she built, to support the monks. To make it sustainable. And to make it sustainable so that their, um, you know, their operating expenses were covered through the year. And, and that just is, is fantastic. And I that think lasted fantastic. right into her later years because she died at what would have been pretty old yeah. back then. Yeah, 71. I mean, back then, that's like dying at 101 Oh, now. yeah. Oh, yeah. And she lived didn't live quite old. And she had to be that old. She had, you know, diabetes. So that, and in the end, it was her heart that really gave, that out. gave out. Yeah. Wow. And she had a big state funeral. Oh, and yeah. You couldn't keep people away from Addis Ababa. 50,000 people. There was a the passage you wanted to read, which um, just talks about the adoration that people had oh. for her. Um, right. I'll just read a paragraph. It was when she returned to Ethiopia after the, the exile. And Della Hansen worked. She was a, a missionary wife um, who worked at the palace. She mm -hmm. was a very trusted friend of the family. And... Um, so Empress Menin arrived by plane with her daughter to sigh. As she stepped out of the airline, she might have stood for a moment to smile and wave to her husband, the emperor, and her two sons, Crown Prince Afsawosan and Prince Makonan, as well as the crowd assembled there to greet her and daughter Princess Tsai. Then, at last surrounded by family and friends, who spoke her native tongue, she might have thanked God that she was home and looked up to notice that the sky was heavy with impending rain. Several soldiers were posted along the route from the airport where thousands of people gathered to catch a glimpse of wow. beloved Empress Menon. Thousands of people gathered and, 
to catch a, a, just a glimpse, glimpse of her. And then as she moved through in, in that motor car, you could hear this ululation, and that's how everybody in the palace knew she was coming closer, closer, closer. They could hear this. And then when she got there, the the palace staff, which was probably anywhere from 150 to 200 people, were all lined up from outside right up. All the way up. The stairs right up. Wow. And they just, they all just fell to the floor because that was the traditional greeting. Greeting. In Ethiopia. So they just... Well, you know, I wish we could just keep talking about this book, but people, you've got to buy the book if you want to hear about this you've got to buy the book you've just got to read this book the book is the biography of empress menin asfa ladies and gentlemen we've been talking with angeli parnell right here on shelf life you've got to get this book it is about a powerful powerful woman who we didn't know much about before well we've come to the end of another episode of shelf life thank you again for joining me right here as always share this with your friends check out my website Learn a little bit more about me and the work that I do and see some other Shelf Life episodes. If you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, please do so. The video of this interview is available on my YouTube channel. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel. Visit my website at jfallonreed.com and you can download your copy of my free audiobook, Time and Seasons. And remember to subscribe to my other podcast, Exchanging Pain for Praise.